Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We are going to get into a bunch of news. We're going to talk about the Speedcore Dodge Charger, full carbon fiber body, classic recreations Mustang, a crate engine announcement from Honda, uh, some Audi news, uh, lots to go over. But uh, before we get started, a word from our friends at Dodge. You know, Dodge has officially opened orders for the new 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. It's the most powerful SUV ever. Exclusive for 2021, it features a 710 horsepower engine. It's got new aggressive exterior styling and a new interior with a driver-centric cockpit. I looked up some of the specs on these things. I haven't driven it yet. I'm, I asked for one, but zero to 60 in like three and a half seconds for this full-size SUV. It's pretty nuts. All buyers will also receive a full day of pro instruction at the Bondurant High Performance School of Driving, which is uh, perfect for this. Um, deliveries begin early this year, uh, so you better get in there now. Check it out. And, and as we mentioned before, Dodge is ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. You know, this is the first brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com today to schedule your test drive. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Good morning. Hello. How you doing, man? Get, are you, you sounded like you were getting ready. We were just talking a second ago. You're getting ready for some weather. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was 70, 77 yesterday. That's good garage building I, weather. <laughs> yeah, and I've been told in 24 hours, it's or 24 to 48 hours, it's going to get in the teens. So, yeah. <clears throat> Texas weather, man. Just wait a couple minutes and it'll change. It's a it's a crazy shift that's going on over there. That, uh, at least we have, di- well, hey, in this day and age, at least we have diversity in the weather. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. If that's what we're calling it. <laughs> Where do you go with that one? Uh, listen, there's so much stuff in the car news world, and I just want to touch on a few things. I don't think we'll get through them all, but... Uh, there's some some cool stuff. Certainly checking in with friends of ours that uh, uh, been on the and off the show, uh, uh, you know, over the past couple of years. By the way, I I got onto Facebook the other day. My 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 personal Facebook page is it, it's kind of like I don't really like add anybody new. It's like it's got the core group and that's it. But I keep the moderator page where you get all the car stuff and and whatnot. So, and I rarely post anything to my personal page. But why do you have it? Uh, there's a couple of friends, couple family members that reach out, but that's that's pretty. But honestly, I I so rarely post. It's mostly I just check messages and stuff on it when people hit me up. And to be honest with you, I do get a lot of. Uh, messages from still people in the industry. And, and you know what? It, I'll tell you where it comes in is, is believe it or not, uh, <laughs> this is the real advantage. There are, there, there are some people in the industry that we talk with on a regular basis. And oftentimes they do uh, change jobs or jump to different companies. And I oftentimes lose track of their contact information. If somebody leaves, you know, a one company goes to another. I I go to them personally on the Facebook page and go, "Hey, brother, haven't heard from you in a while. Where are you at now?" And they're like, "Hell, I landed at Holly 
you know, I'm at Holly Performance, but I'm still in L.A. and, and whatever, right? And I go, great. What's your new contact information? Let's get an email fired up. Let's let's have a conversation. And then I'm don't done with Facebook. Do that on, don't people do that on, on LinkedIn? I, I guess so, but I just don't do it so much on LinkedIn. I don't know why. It's funny because <laughs> I, I, they, it, it is, but I just don't find like a lot of car guys interact with the LinkedIn messaging as much, you know? Because I, I do use LinkedIn like, hey, I'm trying to reach out to a company I'm not familiar with. I've seen some of their products. It seems kind of cool. I'll send a message, nothing, nothing back. Because it's just it's, – and I'm not blaming them. It's just we don't go to LinkedIn. I, I think in the more professional uh, services world, not the automotive world, I don't, not that it's lack professionalism, but but just sort of, I don't know, in the tech world, especially in the recruiting world, there's lots of headhunting. Like my, my girlfriend's on LinkedIn all the time because she's constantly interacting with her contacts in, in, in headhunting and stuff. Because even when she lands at a new job, they often go to her and go, great, we need a junior person to fill a role. Can you hire? Can, who do you know? Can you put the word out? So there's a lot of LinkedIn stuff. Doesn't SEMA have a community like that? It does, yeah. I just don't use it as much. <laughs> listen, my, <laughs> it's car-centric, right? Yeah, listen, my first you step... You just want to be on Facebook. I get it. I, my, I see. My first step is like yours. I just go to my phone and who can I text? But in lieu of, of, of not having that contact information anymore. Anyway, it... I went on to Facebook and it puts these memories up there like, oh, this happened two years ago. This happened, you know, three years ago. Do you remember this? You don't have to post it. You don't have to share it. It's just like it hits you up with a memory. And uh, I clicked on this old memory. I don't think we have a screenshot from it, but it was um, it was uh, you oh, here Christ. in the studio uh, for a car cast. Now, I think we even met before that on Garage Mahal, and then we said, hey, why don't you come in and do CarCast? That was 10 years ago. <laughs> it came up 10 years ago. And uh, and I was like, man, we were youngins. <laughs> you were. I was still old 10 years ago. <laughs> well, 10 years ago, you were about my age now. We're, we're, we're like nine. We're like nine years. We're like nine yeah, years. Well. Yeah. Yeah, so there's close. Look at that. Yeah. See how young I look? Nice <laughs> young. You're, you're the one that looks young. Yeah. I had a Ford shirt on, so good for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> with, what was I wearing? With that. Uh, I don't know. You had your hat on, though. And uh, you, had, oh, you, had a little, you had a little salt and pepper in the goatee. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit it's a little I more salt lot, i got a lot more now. It's, it's a little more salt these days than it is pepper. <laughs> it's, yeah there's no pepper the pepper has been taken out yeah it, hey my makeup artist needs to get back on it that's that's right that's what we tell uh, corolla too by the way when he does live hey, stand trx trx update yeah. it was uh, I, I looked online because i had considered through my the boys at nitto you know, upgrading the tires and, and, and going a little larger. But I had seen uh, a lot on a lot of forums that people had inquired and 37s would rub and 37s won't fit. And this, I'm here to tell you, breaking news, 37s are just fine on a TRX. They don't rub unless you're doing the 100 mile an hour jump, I would imagine, which I'm not partaking in right now. I wouldn't think that there's going to be an issue with them, but they look absolutely fantastic. And if I remember correctly, the concept vehicle had 37s on it. Yeah. So for everybody out there that needs to know that information for sure, 
they fit. 37, 13 and a half, uh, 18s. Okay, well, that's good to know. And look, these are just starting to be delivered. So as soon as somebody does that jump and does a full compression with 37s, the aftermarket's going to say, oh, we know how to fix that. Here's here's what you're going to do. The uh, the Raptor guys, I think, had that as well. And a lot of guys are going to uh, – uh, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's SVC, SVC coilovers, SVC uh, suspension stuff. Yeah. So. I've well, I had, inquired, I had inquired to our boys at Dodge, and I got one negative that they wouldn't work and one positive that they would completely, and I knew who to listen to, our boy, Mr. Trussell. Yeah. And uh, he got the first photo of him, and I just put it on Instagram this morning. But 100%, they fit. So there is no gray area. I don't know if they 100%, they fit. They fit. So boys yeah. and girls, they fit. Um, that's cool. And then I saw the, uh, I saw more photos from, uh, from Expel about the, the finished product of the wrap and all the different in the satin and the coatings and everything. And, and my, my first reaction was that shade of gray that comes from the factory was actually a little bit brighter than I thought it would be. But also I I think the satin looks fantastic on that. I think it really kind of changed it a, a bit. And it's, it's interesting because that satin has, I want to say a shine in certain light to it, but uh, you could see what it's doing. You could see a little bit of it in the photos, uh, uh, especially the ones you posted. Zoom in on the on the Goldberg's yeah, Garage Instagram post. Huge but, difference. But it looks cool. I didn't think it was going to make that much of a difference, but it does. It looks really good. Thank you. I appreciate it. But you know, I, I always second guess myself. I don't order a black vehicle, but. Um, since first edition only came in Anvil, uh, Anvil it was, and I, I didn't want to cover it up, but it looks great, man. It looks great, and it, it works It works uh, uh, as advertised, for sure. Washed it for the first time yesterday. Stuff just beaded right off, and uh, hopefully it's going to uh, protect it well because it looks like like you and I spoke about. We're going to be going on an open trailer down to Florida to Gearheads. Yeah. That thing so wide, I, I, I don't know if you saw you, but I tagged you in a, in a, in a, in a post and I know you were going down to Gearheads, and they were going to do some tune and a blower uh, pulley on it. But you saw the new Whipple, right? They have a new Whipple supercharger for. They're supposed to come out with it first of March, and we're supposed to get the yeah. And I mean, they showed sort of the renderings and the you know the the kind of cut in half kind of rendering, and it just looks like a monster blower. Well, told, just... okay, so here here here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to Goldberg's Garage. Package two first on the TRX. We're prepping it for the Whipple, which is not out yet. It'll be out in March. And then after that, we have something (laughs) that we're going to do after the Whipple that will blow people's minds. Yeah. Now, you're, you're, without giving it all the way, you kind of give us a status on this is, you're trying to work with these guys to offer a, a a branded package, like you know, like the Goldberg Garage package for 
Absolutely. for these vehicles, right? And that's something we can talk about when we get into the details more, where to get it, what it's going to cost, what it's going to do for you guys. But uh, yeah, kind of a fun way of getting a stage one, stage two, stage three package, get the Goldberg garage version of it, right? And what better way to, to uh, advertise it than to throw it on the TRX? That's it. All. That's and why we'll, you... We'll do, we'll do each package as it progresses. Yeah. And listen, I'm all for that. Obviously, what I've been doing on my truck is I'm working on it and then going back and then and uh, and working on it again and making different updates to it. And uh, it's the beauty of it. That's that's the beauty of our, us being able to do anything we want with our vehicles because they're ours. You know? Listen, cool. all, all the work I did in experimenting on getting that power steering box, that quick ratio box, that GM box in there, and the mm-hmm. and the solid shaft, it works great. But it didn't, it didn't solve my suspension issues, right? That solved my steering issues. And I did ultimately know, know I wanted to go to a completely new uh, 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 suspension. And I finally found a company, had a nice chat with them yesterday. They make, it, they make basically a, a complete front clip, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a weld in system. Coilovers gets rid of the I beams, gets rid of the the the, the steering box. It actually goes with this is kind of interesting. Is the the control arms and the front K member, all of that stuff is theirs. Okay, that's all. Uh, they they designed it, weld it, build it, and then they use Dodge Ram. Uh, 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 spindles and the knuckles and the spindles. And the reason why is because it's the same bolt pattern for the wheel as the Ford, right? So, and they're able to buy those from a company. So it's got the heavy duty components that they want, but with the same bolt pattern. So the same wheel off your lightning, if you will, or, you know, whatever my aftermarket ones would, would fit. And it goes to a rack and pinion steering and they actually designed it around a Fox Body Mustang rack and pinion steering oh, system. Oh, look at you! <laughs> uh, now, what's interesting? Like they had you in mind. What What's interesting is, uh, oh, and it does work with Willwood brakes. So the Willwood brakes that I have, you know, we made those custom. Uh, a, a little shop manufacturer made me those billet hubs to 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 work, right? So those will go to the next Lightning owner. I'll sell them or whatever, and then I just got to change the brackets and get the essential, get basically that same braking kit to work. So not a huge difference there, but uh, but a, a slight difference. And the guys at Little Shop that made my kit also work with this company, uh, Epic. It's, they're called uh, out of Canada. Uh, on their brake kits. So there's some, you know, everybody knows everybody. Uh, And what's interesting is, is a while back when I brought, um, I brought sort of, for lack of a better term, I brought a body in white Mustang Cobra to SEMA. And I was there to show off all suspension components and a Coyote engine with an eight stack injection on it. So I took a bare unibody shell and it had a Coyote engine. It had full suspension, Brembo brakes, uh, rack and pinion steering, um, and then uh, a six-speed transmission. It had an independent rear suspension from a 2003 Cobra that we grafted into a Fox body uh, uh, Mustang, which is cool. And we still have that project that's sitting in storage, and we'll get to it at some point. Um, but what was interesting was – I was working with the guys at Flaming River, who I've worked with many times on these projects, and they have a Staring new quick ratio steering 
uh, a power steering rack. A lot of guys take the Mustang Cobra racks and put them in the cars, but they're becoming more rare. And when you do find them on eBay and they go, oh, yeah, we've rebuilt it. It's great. A lot of times they rebuilt it with the stock GT components, not the Cobra components. So the – the quick ratio and all the things you were expecting, you you lost. You, you lost. <laughs> so Flaming River makes a brand new quick ratio rack that fits in the Mustang, but it didn't necessarily fit the Maxima Motorsports K-member designed for a Coyote engine. And I got those two companies together. I said, hey, you know, Flaming River, will you send the rack to – you know, to maximum motorsports and, and whatever. And they do have a system that works now. And our, the, the car that I have has the first one on it. So I was talking with this group Epic and saying, Hey, let me, let me reach out to flaming river again. And let me get you one of their power steering racks and send it over. And if you're going to make any modifications to this whole front suspension, let's get it to work with that rack. And I'm sure that customers would love it. And Flaming River would love to sign you up as a dealer. Then you don't have to go with a used steering rack of any sort or, or stock components when people want the quick ratio thing. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of neat to, to to be able to try to quarterback and make that happen. But um, that's it. So we're uh, looking at a new, new suspension and a new K-member and put some coilovers on it. I, I'm telling you – it. As much as I love the truck, the ride quality is just a disaster. It just, it just, it rides like shit. It's antiquated, and anything and, that's original is accentuatingly shitty once you change yeah. everything else. Uh, and yeah. I, and I knew it was going to have to be modified anyway because when you put the engine in it, um, it's so much lighter that thing is going to be lifted off the ground like three inches because it's designed. <laughs> the coil springs are designed for. 300 extra pounds that we're going to be cutting off the thing. So we're going to have to redesign everything anyway. So going to a coilover system will allow us to even put springs on it. And if we don't like the springs, we can just swap out the springs. You know, like, so they like, say it, like they say it, Meekum, and the bid goes and on. And the bid goes on, right? <laughs> <laughs> the bid goes on. But this one, the build goes on. The build goes on. So that's what you're going to be doing. Uh, you're going to be doing basically – I don't know, three different engine packages in your TRX over over time. Uh, yeah, but, four. But, yeah. But four, four, four appearance packages and four uh, performance packages. At least you're uh, starting small and going bigger and not going the, the other way around. It was like when McLaren was sending me test cars. They're like, here's a Senna. Now get into the McLaren GT. I'm like, exactly. all right, well, I like the GT, but I don't know. But you send the Senna over. Um, all right, so let's talk about batshit crazy cars. Here's an update from our friends over at Speedcore. Uh, we talked about this uh, in, in depth, so we don't have to get into it. But Kevin Hart, actor Kevin Hart, uh, who you went out to the Bondurant School with as well and had a nice uh, fun day with, uh, with the crew out there. Uh, his car was very famously wrecked. And still to this day, people keep writing articles and saying he wrecked the car. He did not. Who cares? He did not wreck the car. That's stupid. He wasn't. He wasn't driving the car. Uh, so this isn't. This isn't about can he handle it? Can he not handle it? Whatever. Take all that out of it. He had a very cool car that Speedcore built, an early car from Speedcore that I think he bought. Right? He didn't commission that car to be built. He bought that one. Um, I think he purchased it and then sent it to them, and yeah. they turned it into what it. 
ultimately became. Yeah, they they did some some changes to it. Well, he uh, he got his replacement car uh, back, or at least it's done. Um, these uh, it's a nineteen seventy Dodge Charger. It's a big car, big body car, seventy Dodge Charger, and uh, they completely scanned and made it's a carbon fiber carbon body. fiber body it's it is freaking the whole awesome. thing is a carbon fiber body they they actually do a five axis cnc machine to create the molds of the body and then the whole thing is just a uh, uh, carbon fiber um when kevin hart saw it he said I kind of want it to just be bare carbon fiber, like, you know, polish it up, clear coat it, make it look good. And it looks fantastic. What a great way to show it off. Um, for those of you that are concerned about the little man's uh, security, he has a full 14-point roll cage in that car, as he as he should. Uh it's on a it's on a complete chassis now, right? So the carbon fiber body bolts up to the chassis completely. Um and uh, which is obviously way stronger. We've we've been down this road with like Roadster Shop chassis, you know, oh, and, and Art Morrison and all these guys, and and our buddy Bodie Strauss making chassis. Uh, but he's got one of the Heliphant engines in it, which which we love. And this thing's been tuned to one thousand horsepower and nine hundred and fifty pound feet of torque. Which I don't even know what they're what they come in at the Heliphant. Is that the stock Heliphant horsepower? I think that's the stock yeah. number. Yeah. Yeah. So. Do you have one of those? Do you have one of those sitting in the in the in the wings someplace? I'm just kind of curious. I, I, I've got to admit that I do not. I I, I don't have a Heliphant. All right, but that's all right. It is what it is. I have motors that make the Heliphant look like a. I don't know. <clears throat> I just don't have one. I didn't get one. It doesn't mean I won't. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so it's got the Heliphant engine in it. It's got uh, it's got a Dodge Demon. Eight-speed automatic transmission. So they wanted something that's going to handle the power. That's already pretty much dialed in for this. Um, it's got a nine-inch rear end. It's got custom exhaust, as you would expect. Uh, expect. Um, the rear they, uh, end's the important part. Yeah, <laughs> they <laughs> um, they ended up with grafting on, which is basically a sixth-generation Corvette. Uh, a suspension, front suspension on it. They work with Detroit Speed as well. Um, Outback, it has the uh, four-bar system. It has Penske shocks, by the way. That's a pricey little system right there. Uh, it has the uh, uh, the Heliphant engine has a three-liter supercharger, by the way. it's um, And they designed it where it actually pokes through the hood. It's kind of flush, but it comes through the carbon fiber hood. And they dressed up the top of that supercharger. I don't know if you saw the details of the top oh, of this yeah, thing. It's but it's gorgeous. They did such a nice job on this thing. Um, no word on what this thing would cost, but we know the engine alone is thirty grand. <laughs> and uh, I'm guessing a half million bucks. I, I'm I'm going to guess it's in that range. Um, it's gorgeous. If you guys can see the pictures, you should check it out. Uh, I'm sure the carbon fiber body is uh, a huge advantage when it comes to. Imagine production. the size of the jig that they use to to get that mold. It, yeah, and they actually posted some stuff on social media a while ago on doing it. You know who's been posting is I think they're also building an all carbon seventy charger for Ralph Jill, and and. Which makes sense. If you're going to do one at the amount of money it's going to cost to just make the molds and everything. Yeah. You know, I, I talked to a guy the I other day. I wonder who got the price break, Kevin or Ralph? 
Ralph. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it Ralph. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely Ralph. I talked to a guy the other day going, hey, you're in carbon fiber. I want to do a hood. And he's like, I'll do it. He goes, but the problem is, is making the mold. He goes, a one-off mold is like oh, yeah. seven to nine grand. Exactly. But and if I, you're the second guy coming in and ain't, thank yeah, God. Yeah, it's not. Um, so here's a little bit of a comparison when we're talking about that Dodge Charger. Uh, Speedcore, as we know, we talked to them before. They were also making the all carbon fiber body for the 67, 68 Mustang. And they, they worked with Classic Recreations, who makes a, a fully licensed Shelby uh, Mustang, kind of a hot rod version of it. They have a few in their, in their catalog that you can get. Um, but this is – it's not an Eleanor car, but it's not a non – you know, it's got a little bit of a body kit, a little bit of a flair. It looks good. It's kind of, in my mind, what the Eleanor car should be. Uh, it, it looked cool in the movie, and the movie was fun, but the hood is ridiculous. Um, and, and there's so many lights in the front. <laughs> there's like 18 fog lights in front of that car. The Baja. It's yeah. a Baja. It looked like, a, looked like one of those bugs with the, all the eyeballs. <laughs> it looked exactly. like that thing. So as cool as that car is, Classic Recreations has gone down, the, down the path. So they unveiled the, uh, the CR uh, – I'm sorry, the GT500 CR. This is the Classic Recreations GT500. It's the all-carbon fiber body. Our, our, our friend Aaron Shelby – uh, went over there and debuted it because it's a it's a licensed Shelby product. Uh, so the one that they built is, um, I think it has a Coyote engine in it. Oh, this is what I love about it is you've heard me talk about this in the past. I love the Coyote engine, but I love the 5.2 liter Illuminator engine. It's the hot rod engine in their catalog. And it it's a full fully dressed crate engine, and in its in that crate engine form, five point two liters. It's five hundred and eighty horsepower naturally aspirated. Before you do anything to it, five hundred and eighty horsepower. So if you want a lightweight, high revving, naturally aspirated engine, this thing's five hundred and eighty horsepower. Um, but uh, they went ahead and and um, and put on a two point nine liter Whipple supercharger. And they're making 810 horsepower out of this engine. And uh, they got it backed up to um, to a 10-speed automatic transmission. They got paddle shifters on it. Again, they went to Detroit Speed for adjustable suspension. They got big Willwood brakes on it. And uh, here's the two things you guys are going to be interested in is, first of all, now that the vehicle is done, it came in at 600 pounds less. That's the advantage of the all-carbon fiber body. Now, you start thinking about that carbon fiber charger, and that's way, oh, That's even more sheet metal. you got to no be into question. that 650, 700, 750 Easy. range. I mean – Well, the charger the, – the Challenger, if I remember correctly, was 600 pounds lighter yeah. than Speedcore did. Yeah, I, all-carbon I, fiber challenge. I think that charger's got to be more than this. It's got to be more <laughs> There's than no this. question. Yeah. Absolutely. Those there. rear quarter panels are huge. I mean, not that the, it's super heavy, the, the metal, but it just – it really adds up. The size of the hood of that thing, if you do just carbon it's fiber – It's a humongous car. It's huge. But uh, it's interesting because now we're getting these big muscle cars, and the power-to-ratio – the power-to-weight ratio is supercar territory. You know, you, you take a 3,500-pound car, and it comes in at uh, like 3,900 instead of 4,500 pounds. 3,900, you know, that's a – that's a pretty big difference. Um, 
The other number you were looking for, as we speculated on what it would cost to do a carbon fiber. Uh, 400. Uh, um, so the base price of this car, just to get you the carbon fiber body on the base GT500, is 265 This one with this engine and stuff was 300000 It was basically 298000 So now I'm assuming because their plan is to make, you know, a dozen of these things, right? They the price gets shared a little bit over how many they think they can they can make. If you went to Classic Recreations and said, "I want the only carbon fiber bodied Mustang," then then it would be a, a different issue. When we talked the other day about the the guys at Singer portion, they did sort of the Baja version, right? And they made that yeah. client that one client came in yeah, and I said, did. "I want two of them. I want sort of the." The tarmac Baja version and the dirt Baja version. Who the hell knows what he paid for that? And then later in the article, it's like, no, no, no. The client gave us permission to make more of these. I go, yes. And you probably give him a refund check for each one that you make. You're damn right. Right? He gets some sort of kickback or something on that thing because he footed the bill for for all of it is likely what happened. Anyway, sorry. Taking a drink here. Um. Anyway, the Mustang looks fantastic. The Charger looks fantastic. I, I, I don't know what it's going to take to uh, get behind the wheel of one of these. You know, um, the Mustang seems a little more likely than Kevin Hart's personal car. <laughs> There's no question. About that. <laughs> I would say the odds are much better in that one. Uh, but uh, that's anyway. That's kind of where we are with these two cars. Let me. Uh, no, I saw. I saw on. Uh, uh, bitchin' rides that Kindig was offering an all carbon fiber car done through him now, all carbon fiber body. Well, you know, I, first of all, I like Dave Kindig. He's a nice guy. He built some great stuff. He's got a great partnership with our friend Ken Lingenfelter on all of his engines, um, and uh, and he's a hell of a designer, painter, artist, designer. Like he's he's legit. It would make sense that uh, that he would go down this this path, and and more and more companies are going to do this now. Who's to say they aren't going to a company like Speedcore or some of the other companies and, and doing this? Now, keep in mind, uh, Ring Brothers had did, done this already a few years ago. They had an all carbon fiber Mustang, and uh, I don't know exactly who they worked with on that, but they did have a partner, and they you know they went through. You know, a couple rounds of of making molds and figuring things out, and how it was all going to bolt together. You know, because these Mustangs are unibody cars. Yeah. You got to turn them into full frame cars. You know, and carbon fiber. You can you can glue in like a threaded stud, but you can't tap and thread carbon fiber like. The, the resin, the plastic material, right? So yeah. a lot of things that would bolt on to, uh, a, you know, a unibody, you know, a metal unibody, you can't bolt on. So you have to come up with new solutions. You could sandwich carbon fiber. You can make a metal plate front and back, right, and, and do it. Like, for example, how are they handling door hinges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I'm sure if they, first of all, they would say, well, if we bolted a metal door to the carbon fiber body, that's way different than a carbon fiber door and a carbon fiber body. <laughs> you know, the door needs a way less, but there's got to be some sort of bracing going on in there and sandwiching with metal. And there's probably some big billet plates and stuff where it's, where it's taking on a lot of that load. Not that the carbon fiber is brittle, it's strong, but you just can't screw into it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and you can, you can, you can put something in there. You can put a, a a threaded, you know, nut or nut cert or something like that. But you know, again, you're kind of. The question is, what's next, right? Now yeah. everybody's coming out with these carbon fiber bodies. You know, it's the it, it. You know, years ago, like you said, a couple people came out with them, and now you know, Ring Brothers and then Speedcore did their thing, and now there's a lot of other people following suit. You wonder what the next big thing's going to be material wise. Yeah, you know, I it's it's going to be interesting. Um I think carbon fiber is going to continue to 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 grow. Like I I don't know how far we've gone with full carbon fiber Camaro. I think um one of the Ring Brothers cars was a, you know, 69 Camaro was a lot of carbon fiber. I don't know if it was an entire unibody, but there was a lot of components that was carbon fiber. And and it, it's becoming more affordable. And it's 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 the it's it's the story of the flat screen TV, right? Plasma came out no fifty thousand dollars, right? Now they give them away. Thanks for rehashing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. Listen, Adam and I joke about it all the time because Jimmy Kimmel has like a ninety thousand dollar flat screen TV, which he could get in Costco for twenty seven hundred bucks. Like it's huge, and it's it's still you know one of the best. And he has to have. Uh, he has to nail it into 50 studs just to hold that 4,000-pound <laughs> television up. Yeah, and he's like, oh, but the picture is great. You got it back in the day. I was like, I understand that, but you could, like, I don't know, buy 18 gallons of high-test fuel at Chevron and get a free flat screen on the way out. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you'll go to Costco. Um, you know, but, yeah, so carbon fiber is kind of becoming more affordable. To, honestly, these cars now, if you said, hey, this classic recreations car is $265,000 for a full carbon fiber body, I, I kind of feel like the clientele that's buying that car anyway for 200000 you know, the, without the carbon fiber body, is going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the carbon fiber body. It's a jump in price, but probably not for their customers. No, I, and it's becoming more reasonable, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because normally that body would have been two hundred fifty thousand dollars back in the day. I, I, I remember having a conversation with um, with Steve Celine when Steve Celine did the S seven supercar, which is I don't know, almost twenty years now or something, right? And that's a carbon fiber body that was like made in Europe and had to be shipped here. It was like an Italian company or something that made that body. And he was saying, I think that body was like two hundred thousand dollars. You know, because you think about the car being like six or seven hundred thousand. He's like, yeah, two hundred thousand of it. His cost was the body of that thing. You know, and and now you could probably make that body for sixty five thousand. I mean, still a lot of money, but what a huge difference. You know, huge. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. So let me tell you guys about Geico real quick. We talked about owning your home and renting your home and how much work it can be around the house. But you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because we already have so much to do around our homes already. So just visit GEICO.com to get a quote and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. 
Uh, this other thing that I wanted to get into, we're always about big horsepower and elephant engines and thousand horsepower, but I love this idea of a, a little crate engine that uh, is is out and updated is Honda, the Honda Civic Type R. They have um, their uh, their K20C1 crate engine. It's their four-cylinder engine, um, small, lightweight, 306 horsepower, 295 uh, pound-feet of torque. Um, I don't know if they're using this in the um, – What's the the aerial atom? I don't know if this is the one they use in the aerial atom or not, yeah. but they had a little uh, turbo Honda engine in there, and you know the engine was about sixty seven, sixty eight hundred bucks, sixty seven ninety, basically what it was. But you always had to source all of the components separately. And in your world, in my world, in the crate engines we deal with, we get them from big performance catalogs, GM, Mopar, Ford. You can get it with the control pack, which is the brain box and the engine harness. And a lot of times these they come with the gas pedal because it's throttled by wire. And uh, so Honda stepped up and they said, we, we're going to offer that. So for nine grand, you can get the full engine package with the control pack, turnkey, basically ready to go. Obviously, from there, you fit up your exhaust and you got to mount an intercooler for the turbos. You do you know, a few packaging modifications. Um, it seems kind of cool. I kind of like the idea of just trying to scoop up one of these engine and control pack packages just because there's going to be something kind of fun along the way. Like, I don't know, a, a little Datsun 510 or or even though you're putting a Honda engine in it or, uh, you know, even even like a little classic muscle car and just do a high revving. Good for me, good. I bet there are a bunch of midgets and a bunch of millennials just going crazy right now. <laughs> They're going nuts and for thank this Thank God day. somebody finally thought about us. No, hey, man, across the board – these horsepower wars, uh, they there there's so many beneficiaries, benef- beneficiaries, right? And so now the Honda guys can can get their juice. It's awesome. I think it's cool. Listen, go get yourself a '65 Mustang coupe. Pull out that heavy lump of a V8 that made 200 horsepower, and drop in a lightweight Honda engine that makes over 300 horsepower. First of all. The sound alone will blow people's mind. I don't know if the Mustang <laughs> boys are going to like the comments. Move it back as close to the firewall as possible. I, I assume you can get it in some sort of rear-wheel drive configuration. Otherwise, front-wheel drive would be a disaster. But uh, there's got to be some sort of transmission kit that you can make work on this thing. How many Mustang owners do you think are lining up for that engine right now? I don't know. One? Exactly. <laughs> now, here's the part that I don't know. I don't know what the demand is for these engines or, you know, again, like if Ariel Adam is buying a bunch, but uh, they're only making 93. They're only making 93 of these packages. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> Very interesting. And I'm sure someone can fill me in on... on Where do you start? To the relevance of that. Like, is, you know, I don't... Is it? Is it a throwback number for some reason why 93 why not 100 why not 90 like i don't understand the relevance of the of the number 93 um but uh maybe maybe it's one of those things that'll get 93 people talking and i don't know well they got one person I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> i saw it i liked it i thought it was kind of neat um it's a kind of a neat little engine and uh I, I drove the Honda Civic Type R. It's a fun car. I mean, I'm not much of a front-wheel drive uh, 
person, but that's a but for what it is, it's cool. It's man, such a it's know? a cool car for that you know for that style that you like and that the type of car that you like. If you're into that thing, it's it's um it is kind of cool. I think they should probably go the way of like Subaru and Focus RS and just do an all wheel drive version of it. But that would be. That'd be, that'd be that'd be wild. Yeah, that'd be kind of. I'm curious to see how long it takes them to sell 93 packages. I don't know. Can we please I, not monitor that? I, I I I'm absolutely curious as as well. I am curious as well, <laughs> and I'm gonna reach out to my friends at at Honda and go, "What's the relevance of 93? Are they sold out? Was this massive, or is it just you?" Who knows? So they're gonna be like, eh, that's that's the chips we can get from Japan. Like we need an engine artist. We only had ninety three left on the on the assembly line. We're gonna make ninety three, and then hopefully nobody needs a replacement part. Like who knows what the story is, right? Uh, but I want to I want to talk to somebody uh, over there to try to find out what it is. I hope I, it's as interesting as we're making it. I I, I know, but it's a cool little engine. I, I don't know. I'm kind of I just love the idea of this of this engine as a, as a crate package. Um, okay, so. Uh, as we move along, I want to talk about this Audi. Audi came out with the e-tron GT years ago, like 2018 or something like that. Uh, they said uh, Porsche was was doing the the Taycan, well, at the Mission E at the time, mm-hmm. right? And then Taycan came out. And uh, you've said many times, just not a design that you fell in love with. Mission E was a little bit cooler. And I remember at the LA Auto Show years ago, I saw the Audi version. I remember you at, me asking you about it, matter of fact. And I was like, you know what? This thing looks good. This thing looks pretty cool. And and it's funny, my new uh warehouse, there's a there's a school there, a fencing school, literally like sword fencing school next door. And uh, and all the Kids go there, um, and they they sword fight, uh, or f- I don't know the public Geico terms. commercial. We have a fencing problem. There's a there's a fencing problem. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's that. <laughs> and but what happens is, is like a lot of like uh, you know uh, a lot of the parents sit in the cars you know at night and wait for the kids to finish. And there's a the Porsche Taycan. And I see it every time, and it's gorgeous. But the wheels throw me off. That ridiculous white ring around the wheel. I I don't know why I hate that wheel so much. And then every time I I log on to like Instagram and I see HRE go, hey, here's the Porsche Taycan. We put the wheels. I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) It it looks so much better. I don't know why that wheel bugs me so much. But anyway, that's one of the things that throws me off. But So Audi is saying, hey – now that there's been some development with Porsche Taycan, they figured out where, where they're going to be with this car. We can come out with our with our e-tron GT, and it looks good. I would say it would it looks better than the Porsche, and I'm gonna guess it it ends up being a little bit more affordable. We'd have to talk to Alistair Weaver when it comes down to to the exact specs on how these things are going to come up. But there's going to be an e-tron GT Quattro, which is an all-wheel drive car, and there's going to be an RS version. So uh, let me see if I can get some of the specs here. So the RS will be an RS e-tron GT. Both will get all-wheel drive. There is a 93-kilowatt battery. Um it's about 300 miles of range. 
It shares the Taycan's 800-volt battery architecture. And let's let's forget the charging specs. Let's get to the horsepower. Um, the the e-tron GT Quattro's front motors are are 235 horsepower, and the rear makes uh, 429 horsepower. So the total output is the, the total output I on. I think the total output is going to be 429, and then there's a 465 horse version, and then the there's a 523 horsepower version, uh, and then the the RS model is going to be up to okay, so it's the RS version is 590 horsepower, but with launch control, it has a temporary power boost that makes it 637 horsepower, and uh, that should get you the the e-tron e GT should be zero to sixty in I don't know three point nine seconds, and the RS should be uh, three point one. <laughs> Seconds. These cars are so fast. Um, fantastic aero. Um, you know, it's got all the big bits. The interior looks great to me. It's got, you know, the 12.3 inch virtual cockpit screen, 10.1 inch infotainment system, all the leather. This falls in this falls into the, the category I'm gonna complain about with these concept vehicles yeah. again. I'm gonna bring up Rivian. Yeah. Okay? Remember how cool Rivian was when they came out with that truck and how we thought after Ford put $500 million or whatever it was into them that we'd be able to see one out driving yes. soon? So now they're advertising this SUV, which is inherently just as cool looking as the truck. But now, how long is it going to take for that to come out? And when are we going to see the truck, right? Yeah. So this mission, this this e-tron, like you said, came out in eighteen. It satiated, you know, our our desire for a car like that, and then it just went away, and now it's popping up four years, three years later. Yeah, and I think we're we're getting a production version. And uh, to oh. answer your Rivian question, first, let me just tell you this: uh, it's going to be a 2022 Audi e-tron, so we may see this by the end of the year. Okay, the e-tron GT Quattro is going to be a hundred grand. The uh, the, like the prestige trim upmarket one is one hundred and seven thousand, and the RS starts at one thirty nine nine, so one hundred and forty thousand. So it's right there. So the base Taycan rear wheel drive is eighty something thousand, and uh, and then like the four S version, which is the one step up. I think Alistair was telling us it's like one hundred and seven thousand. So you know. Um, so it's so, so the Audi, Audi's, you know, whatever, eight to ten thousand dollars less money. Uh, but can you? But the the Turbo S Taycan is something like one hundred eighty or two hundred thousand dollars. And if you can get into the Audi at one hundred forty thousand, you know, before options, you know, all things being equal, I don't know. Maybe you end up being a twenty or thirty thousand dollars less, and you get almost the same performance. It could be kind of interesting. I, I, I again, maybe in a month we'll 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 chat with uh, Alistair and get a little bit more dirt on how these are going to compare. Um, I expect him to come in and go, "Hey, if you're if you're not a Porsche aficionado, I don't want to say Porsche snob, but let's say you're not a Porsche <laughs> aficionado, uh, and you want the version of this car that looks 
different, equally cool. I don't want to bash on the Taycan. I think the Taycan's cool. I just think the wheels are bad. <laughs> but uh, I like the Audi. I like the Audi interior. I think it looks good. And uh, Oh, the other thing is, is because this is new for Audi, I think – um, the the first handful of these would qualify for the uh, seventy five hundred dollar federal EV uh, tax incentive, hmm. right? So yeah, this started to be attractive. Started to look pretty cool. I see. Uh, um, so Rivian, uh, I don't have any notes because you just brought it up. So I'm just gonna wing it here. So Rivian has been testing their trucks. They've been posting a lot more. They're going, hey, we're out in, I don't know, Wisconsin or whatever, and it's negative 14 degrees, and they're doing all the durability testing on it. Um, So I expect that coming out soon. They have done a few rounds of funding, like we know from Ford and from Amazon. Uh, But out here in LA, you know, part of the Amazon deal was 100,000 electric delivery vans over so many years. Right. Mm-hmm. That was part of the deal. Um, so what has Rivian been doing? Yes, they've been moving forward on developing their pickup truck and SUV for the consumer market, but they've actually been fast tracking these vans for Amazon. And the first electric Amazon vans from Rivian are hitting the streets in L.A. And, and that makes sense now. And they just announced this morning that uh, they're going to IPO, they're going to go public, and it could be as soon as the end of the year, possibly September, um, but it could end up being into next year. Again, economic factors, COVID factors, lots of things going on. Um, Now, keep in mind, there's a few things happening here, is we know they're pretty well-funded. They've had several rounds, billions of dollars come in from you know, from Ford and Amazon and other investors. Uh, but a car company is outrageously expensive. Amazon, uh, Tesla's been around for years and always seems to be starving for for money. Um, not that they're going anywhere, they're doing great, but it's just, it's always a constant battle. Uh, with any company, you always have to think about the money portion of it. But also keep in mind that there's a bunch of investors that want to get something out of the deal at some point. So going public is the, a, a natural progression. Um, I can tell you this, as far as those investors, the last round of funding was at something like a 25 or $27 billion valuation. So somebody put, you know, $2 billion in, let's call it $2.5 billion. They got out of $25 billion, you know, they got 10%. Rivian is expected to go public at a $50 billion valuation. And if they create enough hype around it, it'll go up from that. So uh, the latest round of investment, that investor wants to double their money. And this is a way for them to double their money. This is also a way for Rivian to bring in a lot more cash because when they go public, the investor stock becomes tradable. But then also they're allowed to sell uh, stock, let's call it 20%, which is typical max of, of an IPO. I think you could do up to 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how the rules have changed the last few years, but that gives them the ability to raise you know, $10 billion if they want to uh, in an IPO, which again, feeds that company. You know, uh, there, All of these companies, like anything that you're manufacturing, how much you have to put into developing the product and then marketing the product. And then as you sell the product, you don't get all that money back, right? You've got to start selling and grow your dealer network and blah, blah, blah. Like you've got to ramp this thing out. 
Um, but I am very curious with Rivian because of uh, a, a good-looking product. It looks like good architecture, good technology, and some pretty credible investors. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> mean, know? I'd say if, if anyone's prepped for success right now, it's it, you know if they got a couple checks marked off for damn sure. Yeah, you know, and we we spoke to um, Ford at one point, and Ford was developing EVs for electric uh, for a Lincoln and EV F one fifty. We have the hybrid versions out now, and Ford has even stepped up more on on getting closer to an EV company. GM as well, a lot of companies are Volvo, um, but Ford has committed billions of dollars to their EV push, which is getting us things like the Mustang Mach-E and the F-150 hybrid. Um, But the partnership with Rivian was supposed to underpin Lincoln's efforts. So uh, we'll see how that's going to kind of pan out. But it could be interesting that, you know, the base of a Rivian could be the the next Lincoln, I don't know, aviator or something like that. But um, I don't know. It's all kind of interesting stuff. Before – before we get into anything else, just a word from our friends at Dodge. We uh, we told you guys that Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by JD Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked initial one, ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year, which is fantastic. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com today to schedule a test drive. Um, all right. Well, there was other stuff I, um, that I wanted to get into, but we're just going to save it. Oh, just a little announcement. Next week, Porsche is going to announce their new uh, a Porsche GT3. This is the first GT version car on the new 992 platform. I don't really have any details on it. That's why the announcement is for next week. But uh, uh, I guess it's – look, their, their Turbo S is badass. Their Turbo is badass. They just announced the GT3 is going to be badass. GT3 is going to be badass. And then we'll talk about the new hybrid McLaren that's out. Right? Yes, the McLaren as well. Listen, I, I, I told you guys Everybody. before um, when I went to a Speed Vegas not that long ago and I drove the Ferrari 488 and the Porsche GT3. And, you know, you get into a GT3 and they put you on the track and let you do what you want to do. Uh, oh, that car is spectacular. You fall in love with that thing for sure. Oh, yeah. For um, the money, that's the car. I, I still want one of those. They're, they're, the thing is bang on awesome. It is. It is fantastic. Um, all right. I don't know that uh, we've got time for much of anything else, but uh, we've gotten anything. What else is going on? Truck TRX Absolutely, is out yeah. to gearheads. If you can find something big enough to tow it, to haul it. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, strike two. Two people showed up, measured it. You would think they'd measure before, but and I don't know. It is what it is. You got to put those little tiny tires on it like the monster trucks when they load them in and out of trucks. That's not the point. <laughs> Even with the 37s on it, the 37s don't stick out further than the fenders do. They, they tuck right underneath it pretty much. Yeah. So it's the fenders that are the six inches in addition to the width of the Raptor. It's gonna it's have to be on a. It's gonna have to be on an open trailer. You just need to get it on an open trailer. You I know? think you're right. Yeah. So. Well, look. This is why you got it all wrapped and ceramic coated and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Send it on the weekend where it's gonna be ten degrees and it's gonna be snowing. That's smart. <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> uh, you could cover it. I guess. I think you could wrap the wrap. You could. You know. I don't know, man. I don't know. 
it, it's it's all good. It'll get down there and it'll get done and hopefully it'll be back here as soon as possible because I'm Jones. You know, I'm telling you, man, I've driven that car. I haven't driven any of the anything else. That that that, that truck is where it's at, man. It's, it's fantastic. Well, that's good to hear. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you uh, the truth is, I I mentioned that the Mustang Cobra, that unibody shell that we brought, it was up on a on a rolling cart and we brought it to SEMA. We put a car cover on it and we took the dry, the giant shrink wrap, the giant saran wrap that you you wrap pallets with, and we wrapped it. Yeah. Because the the car cover protected it, but oftentimes it flaps around, you know? So we, we put a car cover on there, and then we just saran wrapped the whole thing, and uh, that was it. It was, it was actually pretty easy. I don't know how that's going to do over the wrap and the ceramic. I don't know. Well, the car cover is because nothing's sticking to the vehicle, right? So you just yeah. get a, a giant car cover that is is whatever. is You're all-weather car cover. That's fine. And, but yeah. the issue is, is like you can't get a car cover to stick onto a car and tow it from a trailer at sixty miles an hour. That's why we saran wrap the whole thing. Understood. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you're going to go open trailer, not the worst idea. Not the worst idea. I don't know. <laughs> just if anybody sees it driving down to Florida or driving back up to Texas, don't throw a rock at it or anything. No, but take please. a picture and show us. <laughs> but take a picture and show us. Definitely. If they're doing anything wrong, then definitely. Definitely take a picture and show us. We want to see that thing on the back of a trailer somewhere in New Orleans. Exactly. On the other side of us. Yeah. Uh, All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks so much. Until uh, next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. On the track. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.